All right, Chad, I'm going to start recording because okay, we, we missed some gems the, already. <laughs> we missed some gems that would really, 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 really ruin our lives. Um, <laughs> she did burn down that guy's oh. house. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Uh, we were, uh, of course, talking about Lisa Left Eye Lopez, <laughs> uh, famed burner downer of houses. Uh, and, uh, and also she died in a place that is notorious for being a place that you can pay $2,000 to pretend you died and go on and live your life somewhere else. What? <laughs> I thought she died in a plane crash. I don't think so, but, uh, we'll see. Cool. I'll look it up. Uh, anyway. <laughs> now uh, is Lisa Right-Eye Lopez down in Guatemala. <laughs> Uh, Aren't you Lisa Left Eye? Nah, uh, people get me confused. So it's it, it's listen, Right I, Eye. I get it all the time. My my <laughs> name's Right Eye. Uh, we, oh, yeah. We're not even related. That makes sense. That makes sense. You got the condom in the other eye. I see that. I yeah, can see that now. I'm sorry about that. I I hate to hate to mix you two up. You know. <laughs> oh shiz. So Chad. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Here we are. We're the princes of the universe. How are you doing? <laughs> doing okay. Don't bring up that horrible movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I, I live in the world that's unpopular opinion that I think Highlander is a bad movie. Uh, that's fair. Uh, I actually, it's funny that you say that because when I said it, I was thinking about Flash Gordon. And I know that that's not the song from Flash Gordon. It's a song from Highlander. Yeah. I like the soundtrack to Highlander. Everybody likes the soundtrack to Highlander because it's a Queen album. Yeah, it's funny. It's not a very good movie. You're and right. The, the, the only, I'd say the only good actor in the movie is the, the bad guy. Oh, you mean Mr. Krabs? Yeah. He's fucking amazing. Mr. Krabs is the Kurgan. Yeah, he's great in that movie. <laughs> and also, now, after watch after that movie has, like, aged out, and I watched it again after many years, and kind of deciding that, you know, it's not a good movie, but I'll watch it anyway. Yeah. Uh, my belief that he was the Kurgan... Was like that's all I could think of whenever they yeah. would say, you know, the Kurgan. I was like, in my head, all I could think of was the shitty little coffee maker that ruins the planet. Yes, um, and that's <laughs> that's I'm, me. He might have gone on to invent it in the movie timeline. That could be it. That's fair. Uh, and uh, if you uh, if anybody out there feels like drawing the Kurgan with the little <laughs> Kurgan outfit on, <laughs> I would I would really appreciate that. That would be good. Uh, yeah, there's a. I, I would make a shirt of that if I got a good enough image. Oh, absolutely. That's that's good stuff. I I think I watched that movie here for the first time all the way through. It's got you love wrestling. It has wrestling as a plot point. It's still bad. It's still <laughs> bad. I think the scene that got me the most was when he goes underwater. And they do you remember that? Just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's like, when he first realizes he doesn't have to breathe. Yeah, but he's just underwater and he's just like, oh hello, little fishies. <laughs> Oh, that's just like what is happening in this movie. It is. It's just bad. It really is. There yeah. are some. There are some good emotional beats in the movie, but you're right. It is. It is overall a pretty terrible movie. It got better. Like the, that's yeah, yeah. a series that actually got better after the first. Like the concept itself is cool. Whoa. You know. Whoa. Somebody who thinks that any of the Highlander sequels is better than the first one. That is an interesting take. Yeah, like the Quickening or the TV show with Richard Mall. Who, I did, play, who was a Highlander at one I point. Like, <laughs> I did watch the Highlander TV show, which makes me think that I might be a divorced mom. <laughs> I don't. It, is that possible? It Am came I? on right after Beauty and the Beast on CBS. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm a depressed middle-aged woman. What happened? 
Uh, you, just, you know, you develop certain tastes as you get older. That's all. I was 17. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Beauty and the Beast on CBS. I, I did as did. a child. Yeah, I did. I, I was, was cool. like, I was like seven when that was coming out, and I thought it was the craziest fucking thing I'd ever seen. No clue. I had no idea that Ron Perlman would stay in my life for so long. Yes, <laughs> he's he's like a second father to me. <laughs> it's true. He's I, like... I still need to watch that episode that he's on of Charmed. The wrestling episode. Oh, absolutely. Where he I, plays I a demon wrestling promoter. He's a national fucking treasure, that man. <laughs> I love him to death. I, I listened to him on some podcast, probably like WTF or something, like one of those yeah. like big in-depth interviews. And the amount of time he spent talking about uh, one of the big delis in New York City, uh, I was like, <laughs> Fucking a! I love this dude. This is what this is what I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear Ron Perlman talk about the quality of different of like Gelman's versus you know whatever <laughs> other grocery store in New York. He's yeah. like this Jewish grocery, not so good. This one, the best. Let me tell you when you need to go during the day to get the freshest knishes. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm writing all this fucking shit down. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about City of Lost Children for you a bit, You know what? Go, go fuck yourself. Okay. I want to talk about... <laughs> uh... <laughs> what about that horrible Aliens movie you were in? Can we talk about that one for a minute? No? Okay. <clears throat> that Aliens movie could be edited into a... I would say an hour and ten minutes of fucking gold. I like an hour and ten of that movie, and I think it would make sense, too. I think there's just there's just a bunch of shit in there that is stupid and basically just get rid of that alien at the end and everything's pretty, Oh my god. Everything's way better if you get rid of the ending. That last scene kills me though. <clears throat> it's it's so hilarious. S- it's sad. Well, okay. So first off there's the fact that it is depressing yeah. because she's such a good actor that she sells it. Right. That she's like, I'm losing my child into space. This is sad. In like and the most then, gruesome way possible. And then, <laughs> And then its guts get sucked out into space like someone's stuck at the bottom of a swimming pool. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. It's got human eyes, so it's emitting a... It's like, it's it does a, not have human eyes. Well, it has black, to. horrible eyes. It does not. It has human eyes. Mm, I agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to disagree. Sorry, there's some humming on the mic. Uh, I think someone's wrong. Um, <laughs> is that the sound of yeah, someone being wrong? that's it. Okay. That's, <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, but then it's like, mama! You know, and it's like... <laughs> so if you've never seen this horrible piece of shit, at the end of the scene, they have this human-alien hybrid thing. Yep. And they're and basically Ripley's like, this thing can't get to Earth, because she's the, she's the person who decides this type of shit, apparently. Yes. <laughs> and uh, instead of just, like, shooting it in the head or anything like that, they make a small pinhole in the hull of the ship. So that causes everything to get sucked out through this hole, and then they push it into the hole so that it starts sucking out everything in its body through this tiny little hole. And they cut the shots outside of the ship of, like, guts and intestine, like, firing out into space. uh... And it's awful. It is absolutely awful. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like a confetti cannon of uh, of alien (laughs) organs being shot. And this thing's been alive for, like, five minutes. That's the other thing about it. I mean, yeah, it's been alive long enough to know better, though. 
I don't even think it's been that long for that thing. <laughs> this thing's like, hey, what's going on? Wow, what's this? Space? That's new. Ah! <laughs> it's like... Has, I mean, I think it's already killed people at this point, right? I, I don't remember. I'm, this, I'm pretty sure. It's been a sure. long time. The, that's another one of those pet peeves that I have about movies where they they make a bigger bad out of an alien that's perfect. You basically have the alien. Yes. And the alien itself is a perfect killing machine. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, like, it's basically indestructible. Its blood is made of acid. It is perfect it's sleek and then this thing comes along and it looks like a fucking spilled can of like spam (laughs) and it's all jellied and whatever and it's like the the alien had this silicone protective carapace over it yeah that's like barely like it's almost impenetrable and then this thing is like ow oh i I stepped on oh oh gross i got a little bit of my goo on colored like you would wear it at night to go jogging it's colored like (laughs) phlegm and by the way (laughs) i just texted a photo of it to you and if your baby's eyes look like that then i'm gonna say that maybe you have a demon baby uh (laughs) <laughs> well, that's it's got deep recesses. Hold yes, on. it has a skull head. What's it's resurrection, right? Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, you're gonna see if you can find me a picture where it has a better looking skull Alien face. Hybrid. No, it looks it never looks like a baby. It looks like a monster, and oh it looks God. like a goopy phlegm loogie monster. No, he looks adorable. <laughs> That's, that's someone's little boy that you're talking about. He right looks there. like a sponge that was left <laughs> to to mildew underneath a moist sink. Is what he looks like. Oh, Hi. No, they're never. So, don't let them in. I'm not letting them in. Don't let them in. He just looked at the hours. And they said, "But why uh, are the lights on? Why is that guy there?" That is a good question. What? Hey, Chad. Yeah. Why are you here? <sighs> well. Why am I here? I'll tell you what. I wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> That's You know what? That's as good a reason as any. I did. That took a long time for an unsatisfying answer, so I apologize to the listeners at home. No, that's fine. <laughs> Everyone out there in Radio Land tonight, if you got a question about it, give us a call at 1-800. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so you're right about the eyeballs. Yeah, they're disgusting. Okay, and uh, that thing actually looks worse than I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> it looks more like phlegm than I remember, honestly. It's gangly. And, like, fat. I yes. think that's the other thing. Where, like, yeah, you're describing, like, the original Xenomorph is, like, this sleek, like, knives, it's, acid, yeah, perfect killing machine. It is a Lamborghini, and yes. this thing is, like, a deflated rubber duck. This is an Edsel of, the, a, of an it's alien It's not even creature. a, like, yeah, it's like a pool toy that, like, was left out to, in the elements too even, long. like, the dog one kind of made sense because, yeah, like... Yeah, sure, it's fast. Yeah, it was running around like a dog. But again, it was sleek. <laughs> yeah. Like, this thing's awful. This thing should have been... It should have been a tank of some sort, you know? Like, I get the idea that, like, all right, we need something bigger, but the making it squishy is absolutely not the way to go. Jeez, making it sucks. sleek but, like, massive. I, I get that idea. Like a, like a big fucking rhino or something. That's terrifying. <laughs> this thing is awful. Yeah, it's, it's really awful. Oh, wait. Never mind, I think I found the part that I was talking about. Okay, I'm sure... Oh, my <laughs> oh God. God, these screenshots are awful. <laughs> it just gets shittier. I'm going to send this one to you. Okay, good. Everyone's going to listen to a podcast of us just texting images of this <laughs> shit alien back and forth. It does suck. There's no way around it, though. You're going to like this one. 
Okay, good. You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> is he wearing a bikini? No, he just, his face is fucking awful. Uh, yes, his face is awful, period. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the lighting makes part of him look like hamburger. Ugh. Oh, that is, he looks like rotten hamburger is what yeah. he looks like. He's bad. They were right to kill him. They were absolutely right to kill him. And the... <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like you're an immediate mistake. We're sorry. We're getting rid of you immediately. Like and we kind of we kind of reason... thought the dog alien was kind of cool or the bull alien, depending on which cut you watch, I guess. But yeah, that's fun. We had a good time with that. But you, no, no, you gotta go. I, mm, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. It's funny how he's got like clearly somebody had a like a burr across their ass that they were like it's gotta get its gut sucked into space this is gonna be the scene because they then retro like retroactively designed the creature to be gooey enough that that would happen if he filled the <laughs> hole because obviously if you make a sleek cool looking alien like the aliens look like yeah He's just going to go click, and then air's going to go around him, and he's going to kill you all. Yeah. You know, because it's a better fucking alien and more <laughs> menacing. I, I, I mean, at least make all of his skin acid or something. Like, something? <laughs> he's just constantly suffering. He's always in pain. Ah! <laughs> he's like the Venture Brothers version of the thing of uh, the Human Torch. Oh, that giant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just constantly screaming. God, I love that show. It's wonderful. You know, I would advise anyone who loves the Venture Brothers to check out uh, The Tick Karma Tornado. I just found out recently that that was written by Jackson Public. Oh, really? And under his real name. Oh. Do you have that here? I do. I absolutely do have it. And I'm I'm going to take it home and read it again because I read it back in the olden days and I just found out that that was the one. I was like... Man, there's so much similar about the Tick and the Venture Brothers. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, right. Aside from Ben Edlund being like an assistant on the on the thing, yeah, it's also one of the guys that wrote for the Tick back in the '80s. I was really bummed they didn't get to finish that. So was I. I think everybody was, but I'm not. It sounded like they had some personal things going on. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw like, I, I don't blame. Cartoon Network as a business, no, for finally being like, guys, <laughs> like, we're a we're a television station. We air television shows. You haven't been making a television show for us to put on TV, you know. And eventually, yeah. you got to say enough's enough. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Your artistic process, like we love the show. People clearly love it, but I think they made like four seasons over like twelve years. Ooh. Or something like, like it's not great. Like it's no, a, that's it's not a bad ratio. For <laughs> it's not good. Finished content. That's like Rick and Morty numbers. I think Rick and Morty has produced more episodes than they have. Wow. You know, but they were great, and yeah. I think they're all on Hulu. I think you can still watch them all on Hulu. For the yeah, time being. I think we just started rewatching on Hulu. Yeah, because I found out like the last couple of seasons around there, and I. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen the last season, or maybe even two seasons. Ah. So. So good. Very excited. It definitely leaves on like a cliffhanger, which is I don't know. It seems like a it seems like a Netflix no brainer to pick that back up to do a season. I guess, but only if they can do it. You know, like well, I mean, you gotta you gotta actually like if you pick them up on Netflix, like that sounds like a dream come true or a no brainer. But at the same time, it's like yeah, we can give these guys a bunch of money, but if they don't actually make the fucking cartoon, then there's no point. Yeah, that's true. 
You know, you gotta sometimes you gotta put people under contract. <laughs> yeah, then you have a breach of contract because they didn't finish it. Yeah, and then you get rid of them. Mm-hmm. It's a reason to off them. I'm just looking for a reason to kill everybody. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm looking for reasons to kill more creative people in Hollywood <laughs> so that I can move in and get some projects that I've been working on Let's just out there them. in the world. Let's <laughs> just, just kill them. Saying less of these incredibly talented people and more of whatever garbage I want to put out there. Let me let me ask you your opinion on something. Oh, I God. saw um uh I can't think of his name at the moment. Um but the guy who made the Winter um, Soldier. The guy who, uh, Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker recently has had some very choice words. Oh, for fuck's sake. About how this, this is all like a knife in his heart. What? Because he hasn't made any money off the fact that the Winter Soldier has been in movies. And I guess they offered him some money, but he felt it was insulting. Based upon the amount of money that they've made off these films. Hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Is this a fault... Of, oh God! Do you think nowadays, if you work for Marvel or DC, in yeah. your contract, yeah, do you think it's going to be the first? Who's going to be the like, or the idea that if you get signed to them, if you make a character that gets used in the yes. movie, you need to start negotiating in. Yes, I want a cut of this yes. if you use it for a movie. No, uh, th- I believe that now, a lot of those contracts are at Marvel. I believe a lot of those contracts are made now. Okay. Where your contract stipulates, I believe, that if you have a character that you create at Marvel, yeah. that there is a that you have no ownership over it. Mm-hmm. You can't take it away. You can't do anything with it. But Marvel will give you a small percentage of the rights on film or television okay. based on whatever it is. And that stuff becomes completely, the problem with that was it started off at a time when it was like, okay, well, cool. There's going to be movies and whatever. And now those contracts are so complicated because they say, yep. And here's the money that we're going to give you for, uh, for making the winter soldier, because he's a very popular character. And, um, and uh, oh, looks like we didn't make any money because it just went on our streaming platform and it's just more content. Sorry, guys. Uh, there's yeah. no actual cash that exchanged hands for this project. So, sorry. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people are worried about, about these contracts. Mm-hmm. And Disney, to their credit, Disney has been paying people out. People like Bill Mantelo, who were like... They were, was hung out to dry back in the day mm-hmm. because the contracts that Disney started with when they bought Marvel were all, you know, just, you know, work for hire shit. And it's right. there it is. Go away. And, you know, they made some mistakes that were so bad in the early days of taking over that they realized the kind of blowback that they can get from their own fan base. Mm-hmm. When they when they basically started suing the guy who created Ghost Rider. You know, for and said, you can't even say that you created Ghost Rider anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- they were so angry with him and they just like sued him into the ground. And fans were like, well, this sucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you can't just be like, you can't be kicking around the creators of these things because 
you want to appear like you're Disney. You want that fake facade that Disney always has, where it's like, look, it's the Magic Kingdom. You don't want to see the child labor making the fucking, you know, the <laughs> Captain America masks. Right. And so, in that instance, they actually paid him out pretty decently. He made uh, his brother, who his brother-in-law or brother, mm-hmm. who was his caretaker, said, guys, don't yell at Marvel. They gave us a really good deal. Yeah. <laughs> We're making a lot of money off Guardians of the Galaxy. Please stop yelling at them. We don't, like... Yeah, because the, the Rocket Raccoon guy got paid, right? That was Bill Mantelo, yeah. That was Bill Mantelo, okay, yeah. And he was in he was in urgent care, and he, like he, or uh, under constant care, because he got hit by a bus or some horrible thing like that in New York City, and he's been insane ever since, essentially. Oh, wow. It's fucking terrible. He got brain damage and he was just like, like just from out of nowhere, hit by a bus one day and then it was all over for him. And he had to be basically under care for the whole time. So, Hmm. uh, so everybody was, when the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, everyone was like, you motherfuckers, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And we dug out. I think five copies of the first rocket raccoon yep. in like pretty decent grades. We sent them off to CGC and, uh, and we auctioned one off and gave the money to his care. And yeah. I think a bunch of other people did that too. So, you know, it's kind of nice because again, it was a quarter comic that <laughs> we didn't care about oh, for many cared years. About it. No one gave two shits about that book. It yeah, was like, Gerald gave one to me as a joke. Cause he was like, Oh, you like this guy. Yeah, exactly. This is his first appearance. And I was like, Oh, neat. You know, it was worth it was worth a dollar back then. Yeah, nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. Um, But yeah, yeah, we bought this collection that just had like chunks of like repeats, and it was like it was all garbage when we bought it, and then we got it out. We were like, oh, this isn't garbage anymore. Hooray! Yeah. Now I also bring this up because after the announcement of the Sweet Tooth show, ooh, which is coming out, I saw Rick Remender, yeah, friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> even though we never we haven't talked to him in years, um, yes. Uh, he put basically up a, a tweet, basically saying like, "And we're still not viewed as the most important part of this equation." Like something to that effect. Who says this? Rick Remender. Well, no, 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 no. Sorry. Um, who's we? Is what I meant to say. Comic book creators. You mean comic book writers? Yep. Sure. Writers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting. Is he well? Was the point that he was making that writers are more important than artists? Was no, he trying I think to? He was, was he trying to pull the Stan the, Lee thing? I believe he was talking about the medium as a whole. I think it, it's. I don't know. It's I, what we've talked about before, where it's they should be treated like a content farm, like your most valuable content farm at all at all times. <laughs> yeah. Is what no, I was saying. I, no, but I agree with you. Before I got hit by a bus, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So no, we were really. Yeah, we were always talking about that, that, like, it seemed insane that for the longest time uh, there were, there was so much, there was so much noise in the internal corporate mechanism about, we gotta make money. Mm -hmm. DC has to be profitable. It has to make money. And that the big joke around the office was that literally uh, the Batman license plate cover makes more money than DC Comics does as a whole. <laughs> and that was, at least at one point, that was a true statement. Yeah. And 
and everyone and like when you get bean counters and when you get like AT&T buying them and they're like why doesn't this make money we can't ever lose money on anything that's what corporate structures are and it's like you know that Batman being popular and being written by good writers makes people buy Batman merchandise and so when you take away the the merchandising and all the other stuff that that all of this creates and try to look at it as just what comic sales are you're ignoring a massive part of it the fact is that they're better off having people bootleg these fucking things and then buy a batman t-shirt than they are trying to sell comics on a weekly basis that's all okay and I mean, because we're worthless. Like <laughs> comic shops are just garbage. <laughs> Finally, no, the truth is coming. That's out. the truth. Yeah. No, I just I don't know. I think it's I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that that they can't see that. And I think Marvel does see it. I think Marvel has made some terrible decisions. But I think that uh, since Disney, but I also think that they see the value in creating things that don't sell just to have the thing created. You know, they, I think they also understand one of the only reasons that I feel like, aside from the fact there is a bubble that's going to burst in the collector market. That's a whole other story. But I think that we're going to still have people speculating on first appearances in comics and people still looking for like money in comic books, Mm -hmm. because I think Disney understands that that needs to be a part of the equation and Disney is so good at getting people to scientifically dissect an industry and hold and figure out what makes it tick mm-hmm. that I think that they're going to continue to have these books that are worth money that nobody buys. You know, like something like, you know, when uh, when Vengeance came out and that was the first appearance of America Chavez, yeah. you know, that's now a thousand dollar book because nobody bought Vengeance. It was a it was just a nothing series. You know, it was just like, oh, Magneto's mad at somebody or something or other, I guess. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yeah. Uh, but but it turned out to be they, they just kind of quietly snuck a character in there, and it was like, oh, this is a big deal. Um, and it, it creates industry buzz when you have something that gets under the radar. It makes people talk about it and blah, 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 blah. And that's just free promotion. It's people talking on podcasts. It's people doing, you know, it's... Well, it's also it's interesting, word of too, because it is literally like a, a way to introduce a character, have a bunch of people take a different stab at it. Yep. Get different perspectives. Yep. You've already, you've got an entire company basically churning out new characters, trying them at different angles. Yeah. Figuring out what works. Ironing so, out the ironing out the kinks, right? Ironing and then the by kinks. the time it gets up to TV, yeah, you've made U.S. Agent, yeah, a household name, which is, I mean, Im- which is insane. Just imagine saying, imagine like you at like fifteen, yeah, like overhearing a conversation in the future where they're like, yeah, the TV show, the like multi-million dollar TV show that yeah. stars U.S. Agent, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, exactly. But I you mean, know, or it, it or took think a... five years ago yeah. that you were gonna say the live action Camila Khan Miss Marvel TV show. Yeah, I saw the pictures Holy from that today. Holy shit, that looks good. It looks real good. That's look... some damn good costuming. Marvel has really 
uh, nailed the costume. I will also say, uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America costume was fucking wow, real good, real good, real good. I I remember I looked at it and I went, oh fuck. <laughs> when I saw when he first showed up, I was like, oh my god. I never even so I still haven't seen the ending of you Falcon haven't? and Winter Soldier, but I saw it spoiled. I saw the the costume spoiled. Oh, it looks so good. Because someone was interviewing him on something, and they were yeah. like, "And look at this!" And I was like, "Oh fuck, that's cool." <laughs> it looks so good. It really does. And there's literally a scene where he like, I mean, it's it's so angelic looking. Yeah. When he just like the wings completely open up, and he comes down, and he's just carrying this person, you know. And I was just like, "Oh my god, they fucking <laughs> nailed it!" Yeah. You know, just like a hundred percent. And I found, I read an interview with the person who, uh, the director of the show, and it took them, I think six months to actually make the costume wow you know something like that and i mean and they said when he came out and like the final costume like people were crying you know that's like, so good like on set they were like oh my god look at you, you know <laughs> just like because i guess he's hooked up to a lot of rigs yes when they're doing the show because yeah, he yeah. does a lot of flips and stuff like that but they have to make it so that when he uses his jetpack as part of his moves which is awesome you know yeah. i think yeah. that's a really cool thing they did with him but yeah, he's hooked up to a lot of rigs, so he's got to be able to move in this fucking thing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that was really good. The Kamala Khan costume I saw today looks amazing. Uh, yeah, they're just doing such a good job. But it is cool, like I said, that now with all of these TV shows, and like like I mean, Rocket Raccoon and Groot is a great example. <laughs> it's a great example. Star Lord is a great example because they finally uh, Abnett and Lanning. Yes. When they took over Guardians of the Galaxy, it was just like, well, what about, what if they were like this? Yeah. You know, and Marvel went, who the fuck cares? Just do whatever you want. It's a fucking tree and a raccoon. Because some characters are so D-list, E-list yeah. type characters, that it's literally like, they'll just change their direction. Oh no, what if he <laughs> ruins Yondu? What will we ever do? Yeah, exactly. We'll just try. We'll He's, just, I don't know. We'll make him a talk show host in the next series. It right. doesn't matter. <laughs> we're going to keep doing it until we find one that sticks, and then we're just going to run with it. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing, especially for the TV people. I hope they send them all Christmas cards, all these comic book writers. Because <laughs> they did all the hard I work know, for them. But, and th- but that's the thing that I think movie makers and, and TV makers, and the reason why all this shit is so optionable, yeah. why every every five seconds you see another comic book getting Jesus. optioned is because you literally have somebody laying out panels. Mm-hmm. It's like someone has just done all of the work of even laying out your shots for you. So many of these, I mean, especially when you look at something like Watchmen, like one of yeah. the early things. I mean, what a cakewalk job being a storyboard artist for like one he, of those guys. You, I, know? you didn't need a storyboard artist for Watchmen. Right. Because he absolutely just took every panel and set up his shots based on every single panel. Basically, he must have just blown them up, like never hired a storyboard artist and just written in them and said, you know, this angle yeah, and yeah. this and this and this because he so closely aped exactly what was in the comics. And I think a lot of people do that because it's not only is it easier, but it's the stuff that makes you go, oh my God, that reminds me so much of that comic. Like when I saw Madripoor and it looked so much like fucking Madripoor from the Wolverine book. Yep. Like from that original Larry Hama run, when you looked at like, uh, there was one of the covers and it was just perfect. I was like, oh my God, that killed me. Killed me. 
Yeah, and they know people like us react to it. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh my god. What you the know? fuck did that <laughs> fucking nerd... Yeah. These fucking nerds think it's cool. Maybe it's cool. Maybe it is. You know, maybe it is. Well, it's not, okay? Okay. But yeah, no, it, it really was one of those things where I was like... Because I knew my history of John Walker was that he was a prick. Yes. Going into it. So I was like, okay, this is going to be... He's going to be the asshole Captain America. Yep. And boy, that guy nailed it. <laughs> no, I mean, he really... Like, I was... Oh, man, they should have just named him Ascap. Ascap. <laughs> he's, he's the new ass of America. I was actually surprisingly taken aback by how complex that character was. Yeah. Actually. I, I, I remember, like, really, like, sitting back and thinking about it, because people are just like, are we supposed to feel sorry for this guy, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, a little bit. Yeah. You know, a little bit, because he is, he is kind of a commentary on the U.S. military itself. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I think that point was kind of lost because they don't, they did a brilliant thing in this, that show where he is not in a lot of it. Right. And he only shows up when it causes a problem for Bucky. Yes. And Sam. (laughs) And then you're just like, oh, this fucking guy again. This fucking guy. He's fucking up stuff for Bucky. I hate this guy, you know, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, but in reality, he is a guy who was good at everything. Yep. His entire life experienced horrible PTSD. Yep. Then was given a job that didn't have all the tools that the his the person who before him yes. had and then got his ass kicked all the time. Yep. And he didn't know how to handle failure. Yes. On top of the fact that he had severe emotional issues. Yep. And then obviously you saw when he went too far, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then what did they do? They gave him a, an award. They threw him away. Oh. Which is kind of, you know, but the thing is, is if he wasn't caught on camera. Right. You know, that a very military thing to do would oh, be like. yes. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, but he was caught on camera. So the optics were, we got to get rid of him. Yes. And then you get nothing. But. Because even though you did what we would have wanted you to do. They're going to redeem know? him, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, likely they will. And That's he, what I'm excited about, is that I don't think he's going to be a villain. I think he's going to be redeemed. Well, you haven't, like seen, he was you haven't seen the last episode yet. I so haven't. There's there's breadcrumbs and all over the place. Oh, nice. But. Because, I mean, in the comics, he has been redeemed. Like, currently, the, the current ongoing series, or the current miniseries that just came out, mm-hmm. he's kind of a good guy. He's kind of a slacky good guy. Yeah. But I just, I just found it really interesting, the idea of this, like, because I, I think uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character even touches upon it, just being like, well, you did everything you... Believe me, they, you did what they wanted you to do. But Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in this? What are you talking about? You didn't see that part? No. It's right after he gets court-martialed. Oh, I haven't seen that part. Oh. <laughs> I, saw the part I saw the part where he kills the guy on the fountain. Okay, so you have two episodes left. Yes. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. That's All okay. Right. <laughs> well, anyway. I kind of assumed he was going to get court-martialed for murdering a person in a public square yes, and getting he, it caught on camera. He gets he gets court-martialed. <laughs> that doesn't surprise and me. And they toss him away, which is like a very, like, we did what you wanted you to do, mm-hmm. what we asked you to do when you were our property, but now you did something we don't like because people saw it, yep. so we have to get rid of you. Right. It's very on-brand yeah, for the it U.S. Is very, military. It's very on-brand for and the was, U.S. military. And I was just like, God damn. You know, it's just like, there's a lot of complexity to that guy. 
Yeah. That I feel like a lot of people miss because they're just like, he sucks because he's not he's not <laughs> Sam or Bucky. And also, he sucks because he looks like a weird little toothless troll when he puts on the cap helmet. Yeah, I know. That, it doesn't fit him. That first shot of him with it on, yep. he looks like such a fucking dork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All intentional is from what it I read. but so bad. Yeah. I feel like that went too far. <laughs> Like, it doesn't take much to make somebody look dumb in that fucking outfit. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, like, Chris Evans, one of the most attractive human beings on the planet, <laughs> it's a struggle for him to not look like a dork wearing that thing. Yeah, but he's <laughs> one of the only people that can pull it off. I think that's why I was actually extra surprised by uh, the Sam when he finally got the outfit on. Yeah. I was like, oh, he looks kind of cool. He does. You know? But also, they designed that a lot better than, I mean... That was designed in a time when they might have actually thought this was going to be a property at some point. You know, that was designed in the early 2000s. Yeah. Was so it, was it really then? I feel like it was more recent than that. I mean, it probably was more recent. It was pro- actually no. It definitely it was, was like more recent. It was like 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it was like 10 years ago or less. But yeah, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I nice. Liked that, I liked that series a lot. I didn't think I was going to like it. I, I as we discussed before, I, we didn't think we were going to like it. Yeah. As much as other ones, but. Well, I think like I told you, I was like, I think this one knew what it was yeah, right out from the gate, whereas yep. WandaVision was like the artsy one, and yes. then like the last episode, it was like, we're not artsy anymore. You know? It's like, we're punchy punch. Yes, we can also be punchy punch. Yeah. Which is fine. I think the I think both things have a place, especially in comic books. Yeah. I just, I, this one seemed like a more like, they knew everything going into it. I feel oh, like yeah. It was more of a complete package. Yeah. No, they, I think WandaVision was. Not that I didn't like WandaVision, but they wanted it to be they wanted it to be like an A team episode. Like I mean that it's very clear that this is like yeah. this is like an eighties action movie. Yeah. The whole the whole series has been set up like an eighties action movie and it's great. And like totally redeem Zemo. Like this What? Is like, what? Really? Well no, not me. I I'm not telling you any more at the end, but I'm just saying as far as like a likable character. Oh, I- yeah, that's true. It's funny because they were talking about Z- somebody had a I think it was probably Bob Ulrich yeah. who had like a, a thread on Facebook. The one time I've looked at Facebook in the last forever, <laughs> uh, he had posted something where he was like uh, he had a photo of Baron Zemo socks. <laughs> it was literally a like it, it was like what? him on socks, like dancing. Oh, OK. And and Bob was like. Isn't he a fucking Nazi? <laughs> Why is this Nazi adorning socks? And I was like, he kind of is a Nazi. Everyone was like, no, no, you're thinking of his dad, Helmut, you know, and blah, blah, blah. He like and got really nerdy. But it's like, yeah, but no, he definitely was a Nazi. In the movies, is he a Nazi, though? Mm-hmm. I don't think he is. That it depends on if you think Hydra is a direct one-to-one for Nazis. Yeah. Because in in the Marvel in the Marvel cinematic universe it isn't. In the in the comics it is. Yeah. Comic books Hydra is Nazis. Right. And in the Marvel cinematic universe uh Hydra is in existence at the same time as the Third Reich. But they're Nazi adjacent. They're they're Nazi adjacent <laughs> and they did work for the Nazis but they were trying to get out from the Nazis and destroy the Nazis so they could take over. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. 
but it's like they're completely evil and sinister, but not for those reasons. Okay. And it's like, oh. Uh, reminds me of in that Mr. Okay. Burns quote where he compares himself to Schindler from Schindler's List. <laughs> we both made bombs for the Nazis, but mine worked, damn it. <laughs> like that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, that's uh, that's such a complicated thing to, to navigate in, in these things because mm-hmm. it is... There's so much, especially when you talk about, like, uh, you know, redeeming Ant-Man, you know, and it's like... Oh, yeah. It's like, well, sure, he is a, an abuser in one of the iterations of his character. Uh, two. Well, if you count the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's... <laughs> okay, so he's been an abuser twice. Uh, well, okay. yeah, but I mean... It, I was talking about the main the main Marvel universe because that's that's like an Elseworlds story essentially. Ultimates is basically Elseworlds. Yeah, but he's always been a fuck up. He has been a fuck up, but I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it's always been canon that he's an abuser, so it's it's hard to ever get rid of that. Yeah, and wasn't he like part Ultron at the end? He was yes. <laughs> he <laughs> Trying was to kill also everybody. Also <laughs> part Ultron right before they reset the entire universe right. with Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, Ultron Agenda? What the fuck? Sure. Age of Ultron. No. No. I think it was Age of Ultron. No, it was the Ultron Agenda. Was it? Yeah, and actually that was recent because he fought Tony Stark. That was in the newer Hmm. Iron Man series. Okay. It's not great. Hmm. He's not in a great place. Emotionally or physically, he's part, part killer robot. Emotionally, he's out for blood. Yeah. He's never been a good guy. I thought that he got I thought that he got nuked when they nuked the entire Marvel universe for Secret Wars. Uh, but I don't think so. Uh, that would figure. That would figure that he'd be one of the few things that survived. Well, Him, Miles Morales's sandwich and uh <laughs> <laughs> Is Hank Pym dead? Let's see. Hank disappeared along with Hope and Janet. He is dead in the same way that Spider Man, Black Panther, <laughs> blah 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 blah. Uh, oh, is this yeah. MCU stuff? Is this like cinematic know. universe? Oh, is Hank Pym still Ultron? Becoming fused of Ultron, his body and mind being assimilated into machinery and wires, killing him in the process. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he's dead. Apparently he's dead. So. <laughs> For now? Right. So worries about him being an abuser are not going to come up because he's dead. In that dead. last Infinity story. <laughs> I remember Ultron got the Soul Stone, and when he touched the Soul Stone, Hank Pym ended up in Soul World, but then his soul got eaten by that crab monster. Do you remember that? Oh my god, I don't. That's a thing. I don't know. It, like, his whole character's been through the fucking ringer. <laughs> it has. Like, almost as, like, it's more complicated than Psylocke. That last point. Infinity series was insanity. The, so the Power Stone is now the size of a mountain. The uh, They're all conscious now. Drax is like, you know what? Fuck this. I think I just want to be a sax player. <laughs> yeah. So Drax gives up beating people up. He's not he's not a destroyer anymore. He's no. more of a smooth jazz performer. And he was in a pretty stable relationship from the looks of it, if I remember correctly. He's basically Duke Silver <laughs> from Parks and Rec. Yeah. It's really weird. It's very strange. That last story was very, very strange. I don't... And- think they entirely knew what they were doing when they went into it? I don't think so either. It felt really slapdash. It did not feel... Like, 
there were things I liked about it, but I overall it was not something that I'd be like, "Ooh, you should read this to anybody." I don't think I would ever recommend because that was when they squished their like everybody together too right so they took like two yes. heroes and slapped them together i would i would definitely recommend some of those though so the the okay. the infinity warps yeah so it was just an excuse to like slam different characters together so like <laughs> wolverine and uh uh the white queen were one character i think <laughs> sure if i remember correctly i, I remember like spider-man and moon knight got mashed together into a rack knight a rack knight and i went that looks awful <laughs> that was the <laughs> That's funny. That was one of the designs I liked. Really? Um, I didn't like that one. I really enjoyed the book, uh, Soldier Supreme, which was the the, oh, yeah. the Captain America and Doctor Strange. Thor and Iron Man got mashed together. That one that was too. okay. Yeah. Just weird stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it like it definitely felt like, like uh, then they show up, and then this happens, and then they get squished, and then they get unsquished, yeah. and then they have to fight, and then... Yeah, I'm definitely curious about what this new Heroes Reborn is going to be like, because it feels like they're doing it again. Yeah. It's it's interesting, because I don't know what was possessing me, but when these things came up for order, I went hard on Heroes Reborn. Did you? I did. That's surprising. It it is. It was basically because it looked so terrible. I was like, it can't be as terrible as it looks. <laughs> and I, Aha! Like, I figured out that you've cracked the code. And then I was like, maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> that might be the other case. But I'm I'm interested to see it. So uh, you know, if I have a hundred and something copies of this thing show up and it's like the worst thing ever, I'm going to be a little disappointed. That's understandable. Uh, you remember when Marvel used to send us copies of stuff and we could preview them? Those were good days. It wasn't often. Yeah, they also well, they used to have a a little retailer portal that okay. you could go to and you could read it online. Mm-hmm. But then people kept because basically because of bleeding cool, they said, "Oh well, no, we're not going to do that anymore because you keep spoiling everything." So right. fuck you. And that, well, that makes sense. You can only keep something under wraps for so long. Yeah. Once you put it out there, you know, even if it's just a tiny little spot, it's going to, I mean, it's the internet. It's going to go everywhere. Yeah, but mostly it's going to be ruined by Bleeding Cool. They have ruined most things. Yeah, yeah. I would argue they that. sure have. Yeah. <laughs> They've definitely destroyed <laughs> a lot of... Comics. A lot of nice things have been ruined by that that man. Mm, yeah. But, uh, you know what I enjoyed? Um, uh, Robin. The new Robin series. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was weird. It was. It was I liked it. It was topical because it came out exactly at the same time as the Mortal Kombat movie, so they <laughs> they literally yeah. you got your Mortal Kombat Robin coming out at the exact same time as that Mortal Kombat series. Both Warner Brothers properties. Both Warner properties. That's smart. They absolutely knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good marketing. But it was a fun issue, and I mean, but it, it it's so much the same. They're literally on a fucking boat to go to the fighting island. Yeah. You know, it is Mortal Kombat. It is Mortal Kombat like, with Robin. With Robin. And I'm excited. <laughs> and uh, and Bane's dad. Yep. Apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah. There was a few, there's a bunch of characters on that island that were like random Nightwing villains that were like around for like two issues. So Bob knew who everybody was. Okay. That does not surprise that was, me. That was what was cool, was that he was like, yeah. oh, this guy? That's N-I-T-E wing. He was a Yes! Night- I did recognize that guy. <laughs> I did recognize that guy. I was like, oh, that's that shitty Nightwing.com guy. <laughs> I remember Dick Grayson had to beat the crap out of him because he was like, he's like hyper angry and like too violent. 
you know, that yeah. that's that's some comic book logic for you. What? You're too violent and angry. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you in the only language you understand. <laughs> Esperanto. And then I'm going to punch you in the face. American sign language. <laughs> punch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a cool issue. I like the um, I like the new outfit. Yeah, I thought it's a good cool. outfit. I still just, it's, I know this is silly because it's comic books, but man, there's just, it's hard for me to accept that that infant is beating people up who are full grown. (laughs) He is 45 pounds when you look at the design and I know that it's, it's comics being comics and he's Mm -hmm. probably, it's just showing an idea of what he looks like. But were that child real, he was 45 pounds. And, you know, like King Snake is like this, you know, 250 pound dude. And he's just, he should have been kicking him. And the guy just stood there and like, okay, cool kid, whatever, grabs him by the foot and slams him against the wall and he dies. Right. You know, it's, it's tough. It, I don't know. It's very weird because after watching, there's, there's a thing that, uh, MMA really did to ruin the world of technical fighting for everyone. Yes. I don't know if you remember. My roommate was a huge MMA person. Yes. Are you talking about like the early days of UFC? I'm, I'm remembering when all of the, like every, every martial art came in and they were like, and here it is the greatest Aikido practitioner yes. dead oh here he is the greatest su- he dead here's the greatest yeah, yeah you thought it was gonna be cool because it's like wow taekwondo versus you you know like all this no and, and then it's just like oh nope brazilian jiu-jitsu just kicked everyone's ass and well, it was just like- therein lies the issue though because it was brazilian jiu-jitsu was obviously dominating because nobody knew what it was it was the same thing that happened with uh, uh chuck norris no one yeah. knew what hapkido was and so he had this single spinning back kick that no one knew how to defend against. And so every time he used it, people would get knocked in the face and would not know what the fuck to do. Yeah. And so Brazilian jiu-jitsu was so new and weird. Everyone was like, duh, why am I on the ground now? Well, it was also, but it also just took away, you know, like when you box, right. you're punching. And yep. then the second someone kicks you, you're like, what the hell? You know, like, cause you're not prepared for right. that. You're doing kicks and strikes. And then all of a sudden someone right. just grabs you and starts twisting your ankle the way it's not supposed to go. <laughs> surprise (laughs) you know like it's not gonna go well for you but in defense of my point against technique okay there was this guy named tank abbott i remember who would show up and there were all these former wcw wrestler Tank, unbelievably (laughs) well-trained fighters who had just gifted technical people who knew what they were doing yeah tank abbott was a pit fighter who had just beaten people with his savage strength his whole life. Yeah. People with unbelievable technique would the walk boy was in. Thick. He was, you know, <laughs> people would put him in arm bars and he'd just go, uh, and just like move their arm and break it. Yeah. You know, like he was just unstoppable. And then when you put that into superhero context, you're like, oh, yeah. No. Technique doesn't mean shit. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Juggernaut versus Spider-Man. Yeah, you it, know, it's just like it's it's cute that you're trying, but come on. <laughs> it'd be nice to think the little guy was going to pull this off, but yeah, we know it's just not going to happen. Which you know, spoiler alert for Robin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, we'll see. I'm I'm interested. I'm to assuming see how it's over. I would love to. <laughs> one issue in and it's done. That would be so good if that, that was the, the last end. issue. <laughs> <That'd be it. laughs> 
<laughs> next month there's a solicit that just says, oh, sorry, no, it ended last yeah, at last it issue. It was one of one. It was a one of one. <laughs> the rest of it's just funerals. Because <laughs> everybody in that tournament dies except for two people, right? Or one person. One person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be wild, for sure. I have a feeling it's the island itself like if you die there you just come back to life automatically that's my guess yeah that's so probably it the island of lazarus or whatever yes that's right so that's my guess because it has a bit of a shocker ending it does but i if i i don't know if i had to put my comic book hat on <laughs> if you had to which think is of, made what... of priceless comic books that i folded <laughs> into a hat <laughs> yes we were talking we we're just talking about that the other day too the fact what? that uh do you you remember that, uh, I don't know if this is a rumor, I've never actually asked Ralph if this happened or not, Okay. but through the grapevine, I believe it was actually one of the Turtles guys that told me this, mm-hmm. uh, that Jetpack had supported the Turtles, number one, really heavily. Yeah. And so he bought like a thousand copies or something out of the 3,000 copies they printed. Oh, really? Like he he had a huge impact on the beginning of the Turtles and supported them a lot. Okay. Um, but when they did their signing there for the first issue, he took the first printings of Turtles number one, tore the covers off 300 copies, <laughs> and pasted them all over the interior oh window to make a display. Wow. This is, this may just be, you know, hearsay. Yeah. But uh, definitely, someone has put that that concept out there. That that. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that photocopiers existed at the time. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like you couldn't have just gone down and photocopied the fucking cover. And the... You. Yeah, but think about it though. Think about stuff like that. Like if I had bought something like that to support somebody, and it's like, listen, we're never gonna sell a thousand copies of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I still don't think you'd do that. I think I would. I don't think you would. Eh, Maybe. It's possible. As someone who bought a lot of copies of his own store variant for Batman Ninja Turtles. Ooh, I did. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. You're right. That's true. Because you would have been like, that's 300 comics I can't sell. That's (laughs) bullshit. I'm not doing that. These need to stay in my storage locker for a hundred (laughs) years. Uh... And then when I need something to float on, when the world floods, I'll have this. <laughs> like how we had all of that unsellable manga in the basement that we <laughs> used to sop up spills at the old space. Yeah, we weren't what we uh, what people call a manga store at the time. I remember several people dropped off what they thought we should buy for manga, and we said, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. There's a manga store in Westbrook. You should go there. <laughs> it's so fucked up because... Yeah. We like we operated under that that idea for a very long time, and then over the last three years, we've gone hard into manga. Yep, and it sells like hotcakes. Yeah, it's really come back around. It's so weird. Like people want physical copies of things again. Like nobody wants the scansulations; they want the actual physical versions. Can I tell you something? I went into a music store. Why? Today, okay, see, this is exactly my point. (laughs) I went into a music store today because I thought, I, as we all know, I am fully vaccinated. Yes. I'm well past the two-week period. Yep. I can go in stores. The the president and the governor have said I can walk around outside without a mask. It's no big fucking deal. Yep. Anymore. Um, 
So I was like, I was near a music store, and I was like, I would like to go into a music store. I have not been in one in a very long time. I haven't been in most stores in a very long time. Turns out, I don't miss them very much. I don't no. miss them as, as, as much no. as I thought I was going to. Um, and I went in, and I was looking around, and I was like, I don't want any of this. <laughs> that was my thought. And not because I don't like music. No. I just, I realized just like how dependent I am on streaming music, which yeah. sucks because it's the worst thing in the world for the artists. Yeah, it is. It's but... the most convenient thing in the world for me. It is, but I think... <sighs> and I would, you know, honestly, I would like to buy CDs again. I would like to buy records. I wouldn't. You know, but then I remember being like, oh yeah, I used to have a hard time storing them. Yeah. And that kind of sucked. It does. And like, this is a lot easier, but also like nobody sells really MP3s. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, I know. So like, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. So when you mentioned people being like, they want physical copies of things. And I was like, yeah, I thought I did earlier. <laughs> and then I just didn't. Well, it, I mean, it is but funny. Music though. is very different than reading. It is right now because I, I would have thought that I was because I'm a musician and I like streaming. Yeah. I mean, I do not like what it does for people, but like everything else, like us, like everyone else, you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. And it's gross that you have to adapt because there's a giant corporate douchebag siphoning all the money out of you. But one way to adapt from that is that indie artists are learning to just steer clear of distribution deals in general mm-hmm. to just say, fuck you to all of these people. You look at clutch. They're like my prime example of this. Okay. They just do their thing. They have they hire someone to book their tours. They have a stable of artists that's on their quote unquote label, but their label operates like image basically. Okay. You know, it's like they're they are an independent touring company. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like a circus that goes around and plays music. <laughs> okay. And they figure out ways to sell things to people who love their band. So it's like if you really like Clutch here, we're going to release 500 copies of this $500, you know, individually, you know, screen printed mm-hmm. records, you know, for a box set that's everything and it's all on 80 gram vinyl and 180 gram vinyl, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Really expensive, really gorgeous presentation. They sell out of it and they make money. Yeah. You know, and that's, you make your own merchandise. You sell your own merchandise off your own website. You just stop suckling at the corporate teat and maybe it's going to be a little better for you. I feel like I do. Uh, Haunt's kind of done a similar thing too, like through their band. Camp. Yeah. Like they, oh yeah. Like the albums, you can get them through their site. Yep. And I think it's probably like a year or two later, they actually show up on Spotify. But if you want to hear them first, you can buy them from them directly, yep. you know? And I was just like, Oh, I like that. <laughs> You know, but then at the yeah. same time, it, it, but then back to my point of going into a music store, then what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> you know, oh. just like, because the music store doesn't like contact the band directly. They don't do that stuff anymore. This is what, so. You know what, what I mean? What I would have thought. Anybody from Maine knows exactly the store I'm talking about yes. too, but if you don't, I'm just going to leave it alone. But okay. Think about this. Okay. Like the store that I want to go into. Yes. 
personally does not exist anymore. Okay. And I haven't seen that store. Abraxas is almost trying to be that store, but they're too cool to be that store. Mm-hmm. I want, like, the store I want sells, like, fucking Chinese-made pewter metal rings that look <laughs> like the fucking GBH logo. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's back patches for Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It's merchandise that is like I'm looking for something that should have been an old orchard in like 1987 that's selling, you know, dagger earrings and, you know, at the same time it's selling all of this other shit. That I mean, if I could find a distributor for all of that kind of garbage, it yeah. would be here. You know, like I remember the first time I saw Suicidal Tendencies uh, join the army back patch in a store. Yeah. It was in a fucking head shop in some beach town in Rhode Island. And I was like, oh my God, that is the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And that exists in real life. Yeah. And it's like, I wasn't, you know, I owned a Suicidal Tendencies record. I wasn't like, I knew how to find music at that point. Yeah. But merchandise, I didn't know how to find. Mm-hmm. And and those kind of impulse purchases that, like, a Hot Topic should have, yeah. but they're too busy being too mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want something more dirtbaggy. Yeah. You know, like, more black metal crap and more, like, cheeseball metal crap. Like, I want an Aussie t-shirt, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I want a place that's going to sell a Bark at the Moon t-shirt or something. Yeah, I guess, I, I wonder if there probably isn't, because I've seen that type of experiment with comic book stores before. Yes. Like, you know, like the comic book stores, like we read about in, I think, Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, yeah. That were just like, we're only doing independence. Oh, Jesus. From here forward. And if it was going to succeed anywhere, it was going to be in Brooklyn, because they had the population to support It lasted such a thing. three months. Right. But, you know, like, the idea to me that someone could open a music store and they could reach out to these bands on Bandcamp directly being like, we want to carry your CD, you know, and things like that, and then yeah. stock those. I've seen people try this before. And I, I'm i just going to assume that the demand's just not there. Well, yes, you're correct. Okay. And But the, the, the really important thing is that that's why you need a distributor, is mm-hmm. because... A lot. I get a lot of phone calls from indie comic publishers yeah. who are like, I have this comic book, and I would really like for you to carry it. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Is it in Diamond? No, it's not. I would have to ship it to you. Okay. This is an unknown property. I'm going to buy five copies of it yeah. because I don't know that it's going to sell. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen this thing yet. And, you know, you have no publicity, you have no promotion, so there's not much I can do for it. If I buy these five copies, it's going to cost, you're going to sell them to me at, because you're an indie, you're going to sell, you're, you want me to sell them for $4 a piece. Yeah. You're going to sell them to me for $3 a piece. Yeah. I'm going to get stuck with most of them, but more than that, if I sell through all of them, the shipping is going to be more (laughs) than I could have made if I sold all five copies. And that is the issue, is that you can't, you can't do it by yourself. You know, if you're, if you're calling Midtown Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, we'll give you our smallest order, 100 copies. Sure. That's great. Yeah. You know, because Midtown is Midtown. But none of the rest of us are Midtown. 
Right. There, there's only, there's only about, there's only 20 Midtown style places in the world, you know, like give or take in size. Uh, those, those like Walmart sized comic shops, there are about 20 of them in the world. Okay. Um, and the rest of us, you know, just kind of get by or we're, uh, or they're, uh, franchises, right. Which is the other thing. So if you can sell to a Newberry comics who Newberry doesn't sell that many more comics than I do, but as a, as a 40 store franchise, they sell a fuck ton more. Right. So, you know, when there's a one in 5,000 comic, they get it because they're sending them out to 40 other locations. Mm-hmm. So that's their benefit. But, but yeah, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work to sell music to just like, unless you're literally touring around and you go to the music stores in the towns, you drop stuff off. Fucking Dickies. The Dickies did that. Yeah. So when the Dickies came to town, okay, because they had a record label and they couldn't, they were basically bootlegging their own albums because they couldn't get out of their record contract. Yeah. So they would carry with them like hundreds of bootleg CDs. Okay. They would then go to used CD stores where the Dickies albums are out of print Mm -hmm. and then sell used essentially (laughs) like sleeves of Dickies records. Yeah. And so when the Dickies left town, I went to Bull Moose and there were all these out of print Dickies CDs. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, yeah, somebody came from there and from their, their tour bus and sold us all of these things. And I was like, huh, either they stole them from them or they're just bootlegging. these." <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I, my feeling is that it's the latter. So very strange. That is very strange. So basically what you're saying is there is no hope for the independent market. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think there is a lot of hope for the independent market, but you have to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like without distribution, you can't sell CDs without distribution. You can't sell individual comic books. That's just a deal. And you can sell them off your website. Like Rad Wraith is a perfect example. We've come up against this mm-hmm. because I'm like, we have a pretty decent reach because some people listen to some of the podcasts we do. Some people know the store through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have a, at least a, a, a small following nationally in, in different weird little niches. Right. Um, and so I thought that we could exploit that cachet to get a decent distribution of the book out there in the world. And although it has worked and people have bought them across the country and we've sold a lot of books for a single location selling to random people across the country. Yeah. It's just not enough. You know, if we get the book out through diamond, it's going to go to thousands more people Mm -hmm. instantly, you know, and it's just too, it's too hard for me to continue doing it this way. And so we kind of, we made a decision. I just talked to Dabari and he was like, we should put this out through a company. And I was like, yeah, we should put this out through a company. So we're doing issue three as an indie. This is a hot scoop. It is a hot scoop. We literally just talked about this yesterday. <laughs> what a scoop. What a scoop. Flash. Uh, right. But we're going to put it out through uh, through uh, Joe Schmalky's imprint at Scout. What? Yeah. So, Guys, this is a hot scoop. So we're going to do that <laughs> later on. But we're going to do... 
Uh, we're going to do the third issue as an indie. Dabari is going to start drawing it uh, November or December. Mm-hmm. And then then we're going to get it picked up by those guys, put out the issues, and then by the time the fourth issue comes around, he'll draw it in time to be put out to publication. Wow. So. Cool. That's, well, that's the plan. That's exciting, though. It is exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to think about actually getting something and doing something that I've never done before, which is going to be doing the thing that people do to me. Because mm-hmm. I know there's like... There's this list that Co City is on. I think we opted to be on this list. Okay. That is like, hey, we we are very friendly to indies. Okay. And so I get a lot of calls from people who are like, hey, my book is coming out, blah blah blah. It's this number in previews. Yeah. Check it out. Um, and so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna fucking call around to a bunch of comic shops and I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm this guy and I did this comic book and it's about a skateboard monster. You're gonna and go up yours, thing. Gallagher. I know. Yeah. <laughs> The ones that know me? Oh, absolutely. Gallagher, the melon smashing guy. <laughs> yeah. That? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> My grandma got her eye put out by one of those melon seeds. <laughs> How dare you call here? I've been looking to kick your ass you for years. You son of a bitch, you're dead to me. Yeah. Uh, no, this is Gallagher too. <laughs> yeah. The one that stole Gallagher's act? You're a monster. How could you do that to your own brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, this is Benedict Arnold. <laughs> My name's Jimmy Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Donald, the same one who turned us over to the British. <laughs> oh! <laughs> God. Yep. So yes, that is that is the hot scoop for the day. Is, wow. Is that? Hot I'm excited. Scoop. I'm excited to see what happens. So that is exciting. I wrote a I, I wrote a cartoon about a super. <laughs> that I sent you. It's pretty fucking awesome. I'm very excited to have this uh, come out. If only. If only I had recorded me in my car going, Subarubadoo! <laughs> Just like that. Subarubaroo. Subarubaroo. Just it's... be like, Suba, stop! No! <laughs> Subaroos! <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I uh, know it's funny because I told it to my wife and even she laughed, and that's my barometer. <laughs> For if yes. I can get her, if I can pop her, yeah, it's... I know I got something. Yeah, I If feel... she just goes, okay, then I know. I was like, oh, no, I haven't pushed this far enough. I feel I the same back. way. Yeah, I have the I have the same relationship with my wife because she's literally the most difficult laugh in the world. Yeah. She, like, uh, more than any other person I know. She made me question everything about myself because she is... <laughs> She's a person who doesn't like punchlines. Yeah. And so, like, I basically had to restructure the way that I did. Like, I've always had a way that I that I phrase stories, and I had yeah. to, like, figure out how to get around it to make it funny to her. Yeah. And so I've figured out all these ways to, like, to make stories work for my wife. Yeah. And, yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, she actually, she told me the other day, she's like, I think the best things you do is when you try to make yourself laugh. Yes. And she's like, and I think when you make yourself laugh, I think you've been, you guarantee that you're going to make somebody else laugh. And I was just like, she's like, so just pop yourself. Yeah. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, just make sure it makes you laugh and then you're all set. And I was like, I think that's good advice. I think it is. Honestly. I think that's good stuff. Yeah. Because I wrote some really dumb stuff, and I made her laugh of it, and I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
because I wrote yes. I wrote a thing a while ago about it, it was cleverly titled Fartbot, but everybody loves Fartbot. <laughs> Fartbot, and I remember there was a point. Uh, do you work for Saturday Night Live? I do. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> very excited. Uh, me you. and Michael Che are best friends. Um, always trying to out the ever racist Colin Joe. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I remember there was a line I wrote where Fartbot farts in someone's face and it explodes their head. And then someone calls them saying they need him immediately. And he says, hold on, I'll be there in a second. I've got asshole all over my asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And I said it to myself while I was driving. And I went, he's got asshole all over his asshole. I was like, God damn it. And like my notes app is full of fucking unintelligible bullshit. Of course it is. There was one note in there. Let me see. Down there. I've got that all written out. There's one of there that just says B is for B. <laughs> Perfect. The letter B is for B. Uh, oh my god. Hotography. <laughs> That's what I had there. And I had no idea when I wrote that or how I wrote that. But hotography was down there. So I was like, the fuck was I thinking when I wrote Oh that? my god. I have a notebook full of just terrible, terrible garbage that I've written down that is just like something stupid that made me laugh in the back of my head or I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, I, some of it I've read back and it's complete and utter gibberish. And some of it I've read back and it's actually very good. Yeah, I have, I have quotes from my... Uh, my kids down there too. The, You're an automatic cat static is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> Sounds like a Dead Boys song. Yeah, I have another one just says tigers eat all pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an indie record. <laughs> That's gonna be good. You know, Galen Richmond could put out an album called Tigers Eat All Pizzas, and I bet it would sell a million copies. Mac and cheese and sugar bees. Why is that in there? That's know. fucking great too. <laughs> Those are all really great indie records. I know. You know what? I'm starting an indie band. You need to you need to hand those off to uh, Jonathan Merrifield. Never. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you no. don't want it. That's all my IP. I just copyright every one of those. Well, you got to learn to play the ukulele. My wife knows how to play ukulele. I'm all set. Sounds like sounds like you're gonna have a great record. Like I'm gonna be laying down some vocal tracks. When some I get home. jams. Yeah. All right, Chad. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Okay. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. To Taco Bell. Let's go get some potato Ritos. Oh my god, potato Rito! I don't know what that is, but it sounds fucking disgusting. It's their rice and cheese uh, and bean burrito with potatoes in it and a spicy sauce. Clever, because potatoes are cheaper than any other food on the planet. I That's actually a had good one idea. the other day, and I gotta say, it was diarrhea. Pretty good. Oh, <laughs> it was not diarrhea. It was pretty good. <laughs> And I've got to say, I was on the toilet for an hour. And i got to say, I'm near death. <laughs> I'm shitting blood, you might say. <laughs> oh, I'm not long for this world, as my doctor told me. <laughs> Good gravy. All right, Chad, I'm getting out of here. Okay. Uh, any last thoughts on this incredibly important podcast that we yeah, just laid go down? go eat a potato Rito. Okay, everybody go eat a potato Rito. Good night. $1.50, go oh. get one. Tonight's episode sponsored by Taco Bell. Oh my god, I wish. <laughs> Fourth meal. <laughs> live fresh. Uh, live moss. You want to gain weight? Start having a fourth meal. <laughs> Yo Quiero, Taco Bell. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, chase the dong. 
Wait, no? Oh, the Noid is back. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> they have a new Noid commercial. Yeah. Uh, literally, I got a text. <laughs> <laughs> All caps. It just said, the Noid is back! <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I got a text from Aaron Langley. I knew it! I knew it was from Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally said... Did you know that the Noid was dropped because a schizophrenic named Noid thought Domino's was mocking him, so he took a bunch of employees hostage and then killed himself? Where's the Ken Burns documentary on that? Well, he's back. <laughs> and I said, looks like the Noid should have avoided him. Uh, and there it was. Um, I don't know, man. That Guys, that did happen. That's horrifying. Avoid. Well, maybe we should avoid the Noid. Maybe they should have avoided bringing the Noid back. He likes cold pizzas. He wants to ruin your pizza. Do you know what the Noid does? So, here's... Okay. I'm ready. It is my understanding (laughs) that Uh the Noid is not about cold pizzas. The Noid was about the top of the pizza box falling onto the pizza and ruining the cheese experience. And Domino's mm-hmm. invented that little picnic table in the middle of your pizza. And that was the thing that was supposed to stop the Noid. The anti-Noid device. That was an anti-Noid device. <laughs> uh, I could be completely wrong, but that is something that someone said somewhere. I don't know about them inventing that device. I do know the Noid had a, uh, a pogo stick anvil type combination. I do remember he that. He was trying to squish pizzas. Yep. He was trying to damage pizzas really in any way possible. Yes. Um, the Yo Noid game uh, elaborated on this further. <laughs> I know we used to have a, an avoid shirt of yes. the Noid. Do you remember the cool spot? Was he involved in this at all? He was not. No, fuck. No, decidedly not. Neither was the honeycomb creature or <laughs> or the Reese's Pieces alien that was not E.T. I rem- e. Holy fuck, I forgot about that. Because yeah. it was E.T. at first, but then they changed it to a different alien. Yeah, it was just generic alien that likes Reese's Pieces. Yeah. In the, uh, in the words of the character from Terror Vision... Remember that movie that made you about the the alien dude that made you cry like a butthole? <laughs> yes. And that was how he described ET, which I thought was very succinct. Sums it up. And I think on that note, <laughs> remember that movie about that alien dude that made you cry like a butthole? <laughs> My butthole crying. <laughs> Don't cry for me, Argentina or butthole. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. This makes no sense. Careful, we're going to have to.